Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Lifelisten Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, we are really excited because in today's episode, we have a great interview with Amanda Stern, who is the author of Little Panic. Mm -hmm. She's talking a lot about living with anxiety, which I I do believe Kristen and I both can relate to. a very (laughs) relatable interview. It is. We think... um, the rest of you out there that might be dealing with a little bit of anxiety here and there. Or if you know someone who does. Yes, would be very, very helpful. But first, we want to talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Beauty Heroes, which is a sophisticated clean beauty subscription service. I personally have been using this service for years, and for about $40 a month, you get these amazing products that are usually valued between $90 and $200, which is pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. But the value really is discovering new full-size beauty products from clean companies. Yes, it has been super helpful for me because I have already discovered a body wash and a face lotion that I really love and had never heard of before. Nice. Um, There's also another perk of being a member because Beauty Heroes members get 15% discount in the beauty store online every day so you don't feel pressure to purchase when products go on sale. The discount is always there when you want it and need it, which is so refreshing not to have to go looking for a coupon code or (laughs) trying to figure out when the sale, yep, (laughs) when the sale's going to hit. It's there all the time. Oh yeah, I do that all the time. But the cool thing is, is that you don't need to be a Beauty Heroes member to shop at the Beauty Heroes store. So we have a great deal for you. If you go to Beauty Heroes right now, you can get 10% off your first order in the store by entering the code SELFIE at checkout. So visit beauty-heroes.com and enter the code SELFIE for 10% off your first order at the Beauty Heroes store. Super fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we are recording together. One of those rare moments that we're actually together. Sarah's on vacation with her family out here in Orange County. She used to live here. Yes. She then abandoned us and moved to Oklahoma City. To the weather toilet of America. Uh Uh-huh. So she's enjoying some beach time and cool weather. And what else are you going to do while you're here? Are you going to go and get your hair done? (laughs) Oh, I knew. I just knew it. I knew it. on the menu? I'm going to get so worked over right now. Double time. You don't even know right now. You are going to be all up my case. Okay. All over it. So yes, People, I do. I get my hair cut in Los Angeles. It's it's kind of fancy. It's but way I, fancy. Okay. L- listen here, people. Listen <laughs> here. Number one, I never travel to Los Angeles to get my hair cut. I come to Los Angeles for our annual summer trip. Mm-hmm. I come to Orange County, Southern California. I also am always here in the winter because we have conferences True. that Chris and I usually speak at. And so it's never like, oh, I'm going to get my hair cut. I'm going to travel halfway across the country. No, it's when I'm here. But I only get my hair cut twice a year. True. So it actually, I have wait, I have, I calculate, I got a calculator out, you people. And I did, I ran the numbers. And I bet <laughs> that my hair maintenance costs less than most people's. 
Because it's only, I don't color it. True. I'm letting the grays grow in. I just get it cut. Yeah. Okay? So don't eat them with me right now. I live in Orange County, and I wouldn't even drive up to L.A., and I live here to get my hair done because I don't want to drive to L.A. Like, I would just, there has to be someone local. First of all, there is no one local. I'm telling you. Even though my hair looks pretty, like it's not that hard to cut, my hair is kind of hard to cut. And he does certain things to my hair, like parallel okay. undercutting it. Do you know okay. what that is? A parallel undercut? Like, I don't know. Okay, all these things that make it lay really pretty. Okay, so just shut your mouth. But you're getting ready to go. You're going to go crazy on me right now. Are you ready? I know. Okay, so besides the hair, um, my daughter wants to get her ears pierced. Okay, and I've always told her 10 years old. And mm-hmm. she's, she's only eight. But she's an incredibly responsible eight. Would you not agree? She completely is. Yes. I mean, she's very much like India. Yeah. You know, we got our little type Enneagram type three daughters. For sure. Um, she's going to be the one that is, you know, making sure she's cleaning them every night. Yeah. Watching them. She's... Well, did she make you a PowerPoint presentation to argue <laughs> that she should get them done? She didn't. Like that's India. what India did for me about shaving her legs. Yes. A PowerPoint. PowerPoint. I did not get PowerPoint. I think only because she doesn't know how to do PowerPoint, but India should probably teach her while I'm here. Oh. But she actually, when I said I was thinking about it, I I was at an event in Oklahoma City. I I received a text from her that she's like, well, I've been doing a lot of research (laughs) and it seems that I should have my ears pierced with a needle opposed to a gun. Oh my gosh. I do think that I should have a squeezy stress ball. So if maybe we could buy one beforehand, it might help with my anxiety. Like she had a whole list. She has spent the past two weeks researching getting her ears pierced like she's really ready and I'm like okay you know what we're gonna do it because I actually would like to get a couple more piercings in my ear as well Mm -hmm. so I knew I was gonna be here Mm -hmm. and you know me Enneagram 3 four wing four wing special snowflake I was like well we're gonna go to the best of the best you're gonna go to the ear piercer of the stars yes Uh, well yeah we are we are (laughs) We are. <laughs> Malou actually found out through her research that he did pierce all of Beyonce's piercings. Oh, oh yes, boy. this is happening. So we're going to see him on Saturday to get my. You're driving all the way yeah. from Laguna Beach to yeah. LA through Again. traffic. Yeah, two days after I get my hair cut. Sarah! <laughs> Why? There are perfectly good piercing studios in Orange County. This is Orange County. I know. Costa Mesa. I know. But you know what? For me, it is all about the experience. And she, let me tell you, she feels like she is so special right now. She's like, we're going to go to this guy. She's she's researched his bio. She's like, did you know that Brian Keith Thompson did blah, 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 blah. And she knows everything about him. She's watched videos because he's on a lot of, you know, whatever he's done. TV and shows the piercings, whatever. So we're going to him, and she's going to get her ears pierced. Brother. So we have two special snowflake events, not just my hair, my hair, and my ears. And it's probably, I don't even want, it's probably going to cost a lot of money. Um, so, it's going to just take up your entire day and cost a lot of money for you guys to feel like we just... Which will make, which is worth it, okay? <laughs> which so is so funny. worth it. We will just walk out of there, our heads held high. We just had Brian Keith Thompson pierce our ears. You're, this is your Enneagram 4 is it strong. Is. It, it is. is. It really is. And it's I, so interesting. And I think that she is a wing 4 too. Because she she well, started researching him and she's just like, okay, Kristen gave me so much crap about this. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we toned it down right now. She was giving me so much crap about this. And I was like, well, because, I, because right. let me say, 
the the piercer that did my girls in Costa Mesa is amazing. Which I totally And renowned. Him. Yes. So I'm like, why would you do that when like, it's not like you're like, I don't know who I could go to. I'm like, Derek, 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 Derek. Derek. Could totally do it. Shout out to Derek at Barbella Studios in Costa Mesa. But then you're like, well, I just think we want to go. But okay, to the... Whether or not our daughters are wing three four, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, you're not supposed to like guess who your children's Enneagram, I know. but we just keep doing it. I know, I don't know. But here's the thing: I think the fact that she was excited that he did Beyonce's ears, you're excited because you like it that it's different and unique. I think that her liking oh. that Beyonce was involved is more of actually the social three, which is what I it am, is. which is like excitement over. A celebrity and, you know Going what I mean? Going to a celebrity. Yeah. Like, that I think is that true. is, I don't think that her motivations are the same as yours. Yeah. Because your might. motivations are always more, like, you want to be unique. You want yeah, it's your a unique clothing thing. to be different than everyone else. Yes. You want your hair to be different than everyone else. Yes. When you, I mean, I remember when you cut your bangs. <laughs> yes. We knew some other people who got very similar haircuts and you were like, mm, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. No, you're right. It is. I just want to do something that's kind of yeah. Where she's different. like Beyonce. She is really into this. Beyonce I'm in the orbit thing. of Beyonce, which oh, is yeah. a little more three two. I think you're right. No, you're totally know. right. You're totally right. But you know what? And I wanted that's to say fun for her. It I, is fun I for mean, her. I'll... So I will say that after you talked to me about Derek, I was like, you know what? I just should go to Derek. He's right here. It's so much easier. But that is when she came into the room and was like, Mom, he pierced Beyonce's ears. We're going. This is happening. And also, I have to say one more thing. I just feel like this is going to be a special event for us. It's just us going to LA together. We'll probably grab lunch. She gets to go to Melrose, you know, where he is. I agree. And I think she'll think it's a really fun, big deal. She'll remember that forever. I hope so. So. And I have to say, side note, if people are like, why are you talking about taking children to piercers? If you've not done that research. Yes. It really, if you're thinking of piercing little girl's ears, it really is advantageous to take them to a professional piercer. Piercer. Rather than going to a place in the mall that does the guns. Which is I, blunt force trauma to an it ear. It is. It's not good for the ears. It it leaves them prone to way more infection. You're having, you know, oftentimes a 16-year-old who got a job at Claire's mm-hmm. poking, you know, poking them in the ear. And I did that with India the first time. And it got infected. We had to grow it all back in. Oh, my God. So that's why I do a professional piercer. Yes. Now, I will say, it can be intimidating because Ugh. oftentimes piercers' offices, like, I love the guy we went to, Derek, but, like, you walk in and it's, like, everyone has super weird piercings oh, totally. and tattoos and they're playing gangster rap. Yeah. Um, but the guy that we went to was so kind and so nice. You just have to find the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And I found out that this, this Brian, he's, he's done a lot of children as well. Very yeah. like calm. And, but yeah, I mean, I had to show her a photo. Well, of course she looked it up too. I mean, he is fully covered in tattoos. Yeah. He has those huge gauges in oh, his yeah. ears. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I just want to make sure you're comfortable with this. So anyway, yes. yeah. Well, That's I'll have to doing. show her while she's here. I have video of both my girls. Oh, getting... she's watched it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh, she's watched it. I think she watches it every night before she goes to bed. And that's why she was really into Derek for a while. But then Beyonce, man, that wing too took her over. Beyonce. That's pretty cool. That's a story she can tell everyone and and will. And will. Yeah, of course she will. Not sure if you saw my earrings Beyonce's piercer did. Not sure. Did you see this? Yeah. The earrings that Beyonce's piercer did? Oh, yeah. She's (laughs) going to be talking about it every day for the rest of her life. I love it. Okay, so what do we have for some two thumbs up items? 
Okay, well, I have been taking a new probiotic because we've also talked mood balancing yes. supplements a million times. This is a mood balancing probiotic. What? With magnesium. Yep, it's called Probiogen. And yeah. so it is supposed to help with stress and mood and also the things probiotics do in terms of regulating your gut, your tummy, all that kind of stuff. Oh. All in one. Okay, because you know, my probiotic, I just got a. Um, a notice from Amazon saying, P.S., there's been a recall because Ooh. I guess they changed vendors. I don't know. And they had like all sorts of allergens in it. Oh, that's really scary. Uh-huh. So I've been looking for a new one and I have no idea what to use and I've been asking. So maybe. We'll try this one. So it has the magnesium in it. So it's just kind of a one-stop shop. That is awesome. Yeah. Do you take it at night? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, I want to try that. Yes. Good one. Good one, Howerton. And then my other one is a new mask. Mm. I discovered a new fun mask. Um, it's from Farmhouse Fresh. Have you heard of that company? No. They make a lot of different masks. I actually had a different mask of theirs that was like a tapioca. Wow. It, it's funny because it like, smells really good. It smells like food. Yeah. yeah. So the Lick tapioca the mask of theirs that I have used before is more of a kind of exfoliating mask. Uh, but this new one that I tried of theirs, it's called Mighty Tidy, and it's a tightening mask. Ooh. So it has turmeric and banana in it. Okay. It also smells really good. <laughs> like, Not. it sounds like you could eat it. But it really tightens up your skin. Firming. Yes. Oh, good. But it doesn't dry. Nice. Is it drying? No, it's okay. not too drying. Okay. Mm-mm. Ooh. Yeah. All about the firming. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I've got I've got a cookbook. Okay. Um, by Melissa Clark. Do you guys know Melissa Clark? No. Know Melissa? Tell oh, me. I oh, I'm so in love with her. So this cookbook's called Dinner Changing the Game. And every single thing in this cookbook I want to make. But her whole premise is like, we've kind of all been taught that you've got to have that protein, that side dish, the salad, like all these yeah. different things. But she kind of makes these like one tray meals that oh. are delicious with like beautiful vegetables and proteins, but it's all one thing. Like a, a beautiful roasted chicken on a bed of kale and la where it's mm-hmm. all cooked together opposed to like having to make these, you know, side dishes and stuff. I love this cookbook. I, I've made so many things in it. It's amazing. If you guys are looking for a cookbook, Yum. you've got to do it. And okay, she's just very focused this. on fresh, you know, you know, you can locally source all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. love that. And then my other one is I'm, I'm going three summers strong with these tank tops. My tanks, I like to be sleeveless, obviously, yes. but I don't like to expose my chest. I uh-huh. like crew neck tanks. Yeah. So they essentially kind of look like, I guess, muscle a tanks. Muscle t- a muscle Well, tank. I think that's a really modern look right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just, I just got, I, I'm a side sleeper. I've got side sleeper wrinkles on my chest and the rashes, you know, the rashes. Oh, the, the Grover's, the Grover's uh, disease. Grover's, Grover's. If you don't know what we're talking about, you're going to have to go back and catch up. But yeah. We, we both have some weird skin, old man skin condition. We have an old man skin condition. So this, these are made by Madewell. They're like Love the Madewell. whisper weight. Now I think, yes. I'm pretty sure you like the V-neck of this. I do. I was wearing it all day yesterday. Yes. I love... Okay, so let's talk about what this Whisper Cotton is, then, yes. first of all. Yes. I can't explain it because it's thin, thin. but very flattering. Very flattering. Like, I don't know how those two things work together, but I've only found it at Madewell and J. Crew. Yes. It's just... It's like a thin yet substantial... Yes. I don't know how to explain it. I can't either. It drapes it really drapes. well. It drapes. It drapes really well. It, sh- it does not show any rolls. And it's cotton. So, I mean, you wash yeah. and dry them. It's not, yeah. it's no sort of rayon, like, or, you know, any sort of stretchy yes. in it. It's just, it's cotton. They it's feather wet. Well. They wash well. So, I really love the ones they call the 
crew neck muscle tanks because it, yeah, it's a crew those neck. Are super cute. It covers my chest, but they also have the V-neck, which you love. I love the V-neck. The V-neck. Yes. So anyway, you guys, if you're looking for sleeveless tanks that still are super flattering and they, they cover well, they drape well, they look Well, pretty. you need to try. So the V-neck that I love comes in a tank. Did you know that? No. And it, and it's substantial. Like it's not but, spaghetti strap. It's pretty mm, substantial. So you might like that too. It's not a low V. Okay, yeah, because the lobies I just cannot do. Yeah, no. Okay, so loving these tanks. You guys check them out. We still probably have a little bit longer of this hot summer. Mm -hmm. So they're probably on sale right now at Madewell. They probably are. I'm (laughs) guessing. Okay, so obviously we still are feeling the heat of summer, but autumn has arrived at Mod Cloth. It's fall at Mod Cloth. It's fall. You can put a little stylish spin on the season with classics like a tweed blazer or a corduroy jumper. Not to mention bold silhouettes, rich textures, and yes, plenty of plaid. So Mod Cloth is one of our favorite sponsors because they have a ton of vintage-inspired clothes with really fun prints. What I love about them is that they really get women's bodies. They are pro-women. Their dresses always fit me really well. They're designed by women for women in a full-size range from extra, extra small all the way up to plus size 4X. Which is so nice. And Mm -hmm. plus, if you have a question about their fit... Their team of mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. My favorite part about the Mod Cloth site that I have mentioned before, they have an entire category dedicated to dresses with pockets. Oh, yeah. It's like they know me. Oh, the pockets. Love them so much. So to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter the code SELFIE at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on November 3rd, 2018. Once again, enter SELFIE at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. I am a longtime fan of protein bars, and you guys have probably seen the RX bars for adults. They're the ones that have um, all the ingredients right there on the front label, all the core ingredients like egg whites, dates, and nuts right there on the front of the packaging. Yeah, and we have some fun news for you guys. They now have a bar for kids. So as your kids go back to school, if you're searching for an easy snack to send, these bars are perfect. They contain seven grams of protein and have absolutely zero added sugar and no gluten, soy, dairy, or any bad stuff. It's the same whole food ingredients as the adult bar, just smaller and in more kid-friendly flavors. For example, they've got peanut butter and jelly, chocolate chip, berry blast. They know the flavors kids want, and they've also done something really smart where they've modified the texture just a bit. It's a little smoother and a little less texture for those picky eaters like my own children. Uh, Yes, me too. So you guys can find RX bars for kids at Target stores or for 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash selfie and enter the promo code selfie at checkout. Once again, that's rxbar.com slash selfie. Enter the promo code selfie for 25% off your first order. Okay, well, it is time to talk with Amanda Stern. Kristen has a great interview with her. She is the author of Little Panic and has a lot to say about anxiety. Okay, Amanda, we are so happy to have you on the podcast today. Um, Your book, Little Panic, was so fascinating for me as someone who also struggles with an anxiety disorder. 
and spent much of my childhood asking many of the same questions you asked yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it like writing this book and kind of going back to all of these experiences in your childhood and, and kind of looking at it from an adult lens? It was really, really difficult. Um, In some ways, I wasn't entirely able to look at it from an adult lens um, because the feelings are so powerful and they're so deeply wired into my physical system um, that in order to actually access the pain of the like existential despair and the, the sort of somatic anguish of my childhood, I had to re-experience it. So I had to, excuse me, I had to lie down a lot and call up the feelings in order to accurately put words to them. Um, so it was, it was horrifying. Um, I, you know, I, I still have sort of the seven-year-old fear of the seven-year-old feelings. Sure. So, so I was afraid that I would get, like, trapped in some other anxiety dimension and never return. Um, right. So it was, it was really, really difficult. And the, I guess the part of me that did have the adult perspective was that I do now have the emotional vocabulary and was able to sort of shrink it down to uh, sound more like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I didn't have the perspective as a child, but I, but I needed the child version of me to be able to articulate um, in a way uh, that I had never done as a child outside of my own head. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And you did such an incredible job of really putting yourself back in that place. Um, Thank you. Which is a really hard place to be, a kid who doesn't really have the understanding of the language. I mean, when you were young, did you just assume that the, the fears and anxieties you had were just a part of life? I didn't. Um, no, I, um, I thought I knew there was something wrong with me. Um, but because I didn't have any evidence that this wrongness was um, natural or normal, I didn't. Um, I I didn't think that it was a regular, ordinary thing that happened to people. So it made me feel like I was stricken by something mortifying, and mm. I was really ashamed of it. Um, I had a lot of siblings and. None of them, none of them responded to anything the way that I did. Mm-hmm. So even just in my house alone, I knew um, I had a framework. Contrast. Yeah. yeah. And then I had this whole garden life, um, you know, in my backyard where there were all these thir- like 30 other kids and they were doing all these things and looking forward to all these things that to me were just horrifying, like who would want to have a sleepover, you know? And we're like, why would you want to leave your house to go to someone else's for dinner? Mm -hmm. What if you never were returned? Like, the choices that kids made were so weird to me. 
and I knew, you know, and there were, <laughs> there were choices that kids make. Like, yes, I want to sleep at your house. And I just couldn't do that. And I knew that that, you know, all the evidence added up to some sort of um, difference in me that that I felt very ashamed of. Yeah, yeah. And how old were you when you got a name for it? 25. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It went, it went, and it started when I, I think it started when I was pre-verbal. Yeah. There's, I have no memory of life without it. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting though, cause I'm saying, wow, but my own anxiety disorder was not diagnosed until post-college either. Well, how old were you? I was in graduate school. Wow. And I thought and you I had was it. just, I thought I was just stressed about grad school. Right. I don't, I did you have that contrast. And so I, and I had a very anxious mom. So I just thought this is how everyone's just, everyone just worries all the time. You know, a lot of people have said that to me. I've talked to people about it, um, post book. And a lot of people say that that, that's, that was their experience. They thought this was just how life was. Mm -hmm. This was what life was. And I thought life was the opposite. I thought mm. life was easy going, you know, like right. I thought life was some, some way that it's not, um, like your version of life was much more accurate mm. that it's filled with anxiety, mm-hmm. but because my life, internal life was filled with anxiety and I saw all these carefree kids, I thought, oh, that is, life is like hanging out on a beach all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not sadly, um, but did you have anxiety when you were young? Very much. Yeah. Very much. So the parts of, of your book that I related to so much was just that constant inner monologue mm-hmm. and the constant intrusive thoughts and the constant, you know, kind of magnification and catastrophizing of everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I just thought, didn't everybody lay in bed and think that a burglar was downstairs? And didn't everybody, you know, right. think that the Russians were going to bomb us every day? And, exactly. you know, yeah. yeah. In um, New York, someone did. Yes, I did. Right yeah. alongside you. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I just thought that that I just, did, I, you know, that was all in my head. But I, I really appreciated the way you, that you wrote that. And I would say for our listeners, for those who do deal with anxiety, it, it was such a, a cathartic book to, to hear that portrayed. Cathartic and also like kind of mind blowing, like, hmm. oh, my gosh, that is <laughs> what I do. Yeah. But for for those who don't struggle with anxiety, I. I hope people will read it because it's, it's such an empathetic book, you know, Mm. like it, Mm. it, it's so hard to explain living with an anxiety disorder or living with, you know, or or experiencing a panic attack. And I, your book reminded me not in content, Mm -hmm. but in terms of its ability to accurately describe being in the mind of another person mm-hmm. um, reminded me a bit of my experience reading the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Did you happen oh, to read that one? I didn't read that. No, but I've heard a lot about it. It's yeah. from the, the dog's point of view or something. No, it was actually from the point of view of um, a young adult with autism. Oh, and oh, was, that's cool. It was written in such a way that you you were in his brain, like you, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't have autism, but I, after having read it felt like, 
oh, I, I get that experience a little bit more. I mean, obviously, yeah. how much can we get? But, you know, I just feel like you did such a great job of, of helping people understand what it's like to be, you know, to be in that space all the time. Wow. Well, thank you. I'm yeah. glad I succeeded at that. I mean, I really do feel like um, as a person whose experience has been so different from those around me that I, I wanted, I've always wanted to know like what other people's experience being human feels like. Absolutely. And I wanted to be able to give that Mm-hmm. Did my experience, you know, here's what it's been like for me being human. Hey guys, what about you? Yeah. You know, just some sort of like a, like, here's what happens inside my body and brain. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, I just feel like it made, in some ways it made me feel safer in the world to do it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really, you know, I, I love New York city. I have always wondered what it's like, what, you know, what's it like to live in New York city? I mean, Mm -hmm. as someone who's always lived in a suburb and it was, you know, in addition to being obviously a book about your experience living with anxiety, it was such Mm -hmm. a fun little peek into life in New York city. Yeah. You know, what, what a backdrop. Yeah. I, yeah, I really miss it too. You know, I, I forget, I'm sure the elements that, were really frightening because mm-hmm. it was not a safe city and it's, yeah. not like it's, you know, not like it's so safe now, but it's much safer now than it was then, but it's all I knew. And mm-hmm. there was something very true. I have always been a person who am attracted and drawn to things that are, that are true mm-hmm. and not uh, hidden or disguised by persona or, you know, falseness, even though I grew up to be a person who developed a persona in order to protect myself from the world. But I felt like, I feel like New York City was that true self. It was Mm -hmm. its true self. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that it is. (laughs) So, you know, I'm curious, what, what do you do in your adult life? Like, how does managing your anxiety in your adult life look for you? What's self-care in that milieu? Well, uh, let's see. I, um, a lot, I, I do a lot of lying down. <laughs> and um, I have to calm myself down when I'm really overwhelmed and it doesn't always mean I go straight to the gym or I meditate or I do yoga or something like that. I I have to first get a handle on my mind Mm -hmm. and calm it down. And the way that I tend to do it is by first being with it and, and then sort of having a conversation with it and Mm -hmm. saying like, okay, is this true? Yeah. Is this true? What you're worried about, is this true? Mm-hmm. And what I, what happened the last time you worried about this and the time before that and the time before that? And the answer is almost always, well, it didn't happen or my fear didn't come true. Right. And so I have to, I have a conversation with myself almost like I'm, um, my own friend or, you know, yeah. my own sister and, that helps me. And then once my, once I'm a little bit calmer, I, um, I will 
usually um, do one of two things. I'll either, um, I have one meditation that I really like that I listen to. Um, that's Jack Cornfield. Hmm. And so I listen to that or I'll um, like hang out with my dog. But a lot of my anxiety um, gets <laughs> sort of thrown across the world my sister who's in Israel um, and I, I often call her and um, if I'm unable to sort of talk myself down mm-hmm. then she's the one I go to mm-hmm. and she and I think a lot of my ability to talk myself down has been through her teaching me how to do it mm. you know my therapist also teaches me how to do it but I yeah. think I, once I once the mind it calms down a bit mm-hmm. then I can I'm back enough that I can focus and, mm. and like breathe, like yeah. take deep breaths and, you know, um, so that's sort of what it looks like. I'm also very, very open about it. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't used to be, but yeah. I am now. And, um, and that also, it helps. It's, it's, you know, occasionally probably comes off to people like complaining or like I'm compulsive or something, but I need, I need the people around me to know what is going on inside me so that I feel the world around me is safer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a, that's a huge struggle. It's, it's hard to be honest. It's really, really hard to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find that it's gotten a lot easier for me, and I think that the book is a large part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's almost like writing this book was my a version of me, like climbing to the top of the Empire State Building with a megaphone, yeah, and and like announcing to the world, "Listen, this is what's wrong with me," mm-hmm. and. There's nothing I can do about it. I've had it my whole life, right. and I'm tired of hiding it, and it makes me feel better to talk about it, so I'm just getting it out there. If it helps you to talk about yours, come on over. Yeah. You know? That's that's it. that's huge. Yeah, what about have, you? What do you do? Well, you know, it's interesting because I have a similar experience, only I didn't write a book, but I've been blogging, you know, yeah. for the past 10 years, and... It took me probably five years to start talking about my anxiety disorder, but um, it it has really helped me to put it out there in the world because I am a personality type that really Mm -hmm. doesn't want to reveal weakness or vulnerability. Ah, yeah. And the result is that I walk around wound up and in my head and I'm faking Mm -hmm. all the time, which only only makes the anxiety worse, you know, Right. especially when like you're saying, you know, that, that whole idea of reality testing, your anxious thoughts is huge for me. Mm-hmm. But when I don't ever speak them out loud, my brain isn't the best. My brain betrays me. Yeah. You know, in what ways? Um, okay. For example, I, a couple, um, like almost a month ago, I had a very minor, um, surgery. It was a uterine mm-hmm. ablation, right? Okay. Uh-huh. So minor, um, not a big deal. I came out of it fine. After mm-hmm. the surgery, I decide my brain decided that, mm-hmm. um, I had an infection mm-hmm. that maybe my uterus was going to explode mm-hmm. that, um, 
maybe it was going to fall out that maybe Mm -hmm. like all, I mean, uh, my brain can create all kinds of creative health issues. And I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of my anxiety is wrapped up around hypochondriasis. Um, Uh and I, I don't, I don't want to say that to other people because (laughs) there is still that little part of my brain that knows it sounds irrational, but I want to like hoard it (laughs) and not share it. But if I say it out loud to someone else, I can hear Mm -hmm. that it sounds irrational. Right. But I think also, I mean, is there any part of you that wants, um, someone else to provide you with some perspective? Um, Desperately, but the desire to to appear to have my shit together together yeah supersedes it yeah. yeah yeah that's that's difficult yeah but I understand it entirely yeah I, I mean really but do. I do you know I did speak it out and I do have those you know like your sister those friends that I can say these things to mm-hmm. and who go oh, Kristen like you know <laughs> like let's 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 do some research on right and let's you know let's or the friend who says call your freaking doctor you know Mm -hmm. like call your doctor and go in and explain your anxiety and have him tell you that you're wrong (laughs) like yeah let an expert tell you that you're you know that the diagnosis you've given yourself without a medical degree is perhaps wrong (laughs) yeah I mean I think that's a very good idea too I often when I when I I've had minor surgery and each time I before I go I I say like listen I have a panic disorder and I need you to just humor me by answering a few questions yes and it helps it does help it does yeah I went in you know, for my follow-up for this surgery and the doctor was very breezy and, and brief because he, he doesn't think there's anything wrong. And right. He's walking out the door and I said to him, this was like my way of advocating for himself. I'm like, I know you don't feel you need to do this, but I'd like you to feel my uterus to make sure it's the mm-hmm. right size because mm-hmm. my brain thinks it's not. You Great. know, and so did he respond well, yeah, came back in Good. the room, felt it, everything's in the right place and it shut yeah. it down. I, I came home and I stopped imagining that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes you just have to be your own advocate in, in some ways, or, or even if you feel like, oh, I can't do this for myself, mm-hmm. do it for the organ, you know? Yeah. Just be like, I'm the organs advocate. Yeah. 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 But it is, it's, it's, it's vulnerable to, to say to people, I had a panic attack in the pre-op room, you yeah. know? And I'm just sitting there quietly crying and like, mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't do what you did, which was explain that beforehand. So then the nurse mm-hmm. comes in and flips out and I'm like, this is just what I do. Like, this is the thing I do. Right. I'm sorry. Like, you know, I'm okay. Like I just have to walk through this. Right. Um, but had I explained that beforehand, maybe perhaps asked, can I take something before? <laughs> yeah. That might I think helped. it's a valuable thing to lead with. Yeah, it is. Even though I know it's really, it's, it's, I know how hard it is to be that vulnerable, uh-huh. but I also feel with doctors and in the medical community, it's, it's really pivotal yeah. because they tend not to take you seriously when you show emotion. Yeah. And, you know, if you're able to say somehow, like I have some, I have this thing, I'm on top of it. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm so on top of it that I'm sharing it with you mm-hmm. so that you know, here's That's what good. happens and here's what I do and here's what yeah. I need from you. Yeah. You know, it's hard, but it is hard. It's helpful. Yeah. I'm curious if you have any advice for parents of anxious kids. Mm. Um, Cause you mm-hmm. know, you're in your own life. It seems like your mom was not completely equipped, you know? Right. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I mean, a lot of us aren't, you know, when our yeah. kids present with things that are maybe are not our own experience, but you know, what would you say to parents who've got anxious children? Well, I guess first I would say that parents should be careful not to try and raise the child that they want. Oh, so good. But to, cha- to, to raise the child that they have. Uh, and, yes. you, you know, you have to, adults by, not by and large, but a lot of adults don't take children seriously because their, their connection to their childhood self is so severed that they can't remember um, the seriousness with which a child feels. And, and, and I think mm-hmm. that people like us who still have anxiety from childhood, that hasn't happened to us. We haven't disconnected. And so I think it's easier to take children seriously when you have an anxiety disorder. But I think that parents who, who don't quite get it need to need to take their children seriously. They're human beings, and they, they know what's going on inside, even if they don't have the vocabulary for it. Um, so I think that that's one thing to do. Um, another thing I think that's important is to um, give the, tr- the child space to tell you what's wrong by by asking sort of more open-ended questions or reflecting on um, the state the child is in. Like, you, you know, you, you, seem, you seem really sad lately. You know, are, is there, do you feel sad? Is there a reason that you're sad? And if you can't seem to get an answer from the child about it, they... You know, you can say, well, if you figure it out or you want to talk about it and you want to figure it out, you can always come to me um, and we can do it together. Or you can, um, I like the idea of helping a child tell a story. Mm. Um, And so, you know, if you know that your child is worried, you can tell a story about the worry and sort of create a third person. And the child can give all of the anxieties and worries to this character. And that will give you information you need. Um, And another thing that I think is a good thing to do is to create a a period of time for worry. So that every day there's, yeah, every day there's, you know, it's worry time. Let's take 15 minutes for worry time. And you go to a specific place in your house or your garden or wherever it is. You can be with your parent or you can be alone. And you can worry about everything that you have to worry about. You can write it down. Whatever it is that, whatever form that takes, you can worry for 15 minutes. But when you're out of the worry box or whatever it is, it's not time to worry. You can store it up and save it 
for worry time. But I, I think that it, so much. It helps kids organize um, and manage their, their anxiety throughout the day. And to, and to know that worrying is optional. It's an optional behavior. Yes. Like one we can come into and come mm-hmm. out of. Oh, that's exactly. So good. Yeah. And they could even like write on post-its throughout the day and go to the worry space and stick it yeah. there. That's so funny. I um, did an exercise similar to that without knowing with my uh-huh. own daughter who was getting obsessive about um, boo-boos and mm-hmm. like, th- you know, I, ha- I have a thing here and I have a thing here, which of course me as, you know, an anxious adult with hypochondriasis, I'm going yeah. like, oh boy, like, please. I don't want you to, you know, to have this. And so, um, and it was getting to the point where I would literally pick her up from school and she'd walk up to me and report like mm-hmm. every ailment, every mosquito bite that had incurred during the day. And so right. I gave her an ailment journal and I said, you know, I don't want, I don't want you to tell me when I pick you up. I want to hear about your day. And then when right. you get home, you can write in the ailment journal and I'll check it every night. Mm -hmm. and she did the ailment journal for like two days and then it just disappeared. (laughs) Like, Oh, that's great. Just became a thing she didn't report on anymore. And I I think it actually went out of her head. Oh, that's great. It's so interesting when we give ourselves power over something, you know, but we also have to be careful how we model Mm. uh, for, you know, our worries and our behaviors because we pass things down inadvertently. Like she must have, she must have picked that up for sure from you some somewhere, somehow, but it's, you know, so those things, if, if those things, you know, you need to either be more careful about or not, and just be honest with her. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and say like, you know, I know I have this thing. I know I do this thing. I'm going to start an ailment journal too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think that that's another another thing that parents need to recognize is not always about the child. It's about them yeah. and about what they're inadvertently modeling. Oh my gosh, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, I watch my kids manifest anxiety in ways that I know I do. I'm like packing for a trip and I lose my crap before, you know, before we leave and I walk around the house, you know, my mother did this and then I do it. And I Mm -hmm. literally watch my own children do it. It's like, oh my gosh, they're, this is learned behavior, learned anxiety. Yep. Totally. It is. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, any words for people about, you know, how to find a good therapist, medic, you know, how to find the right medication regimen, any thoughts on that stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that when people are in pain, they just want the pain to end. Mm -hmm. They just want, you know, to find that person, to find that medication. And it's, it's, you know, we, we take, sometimes we take more time trying to find the right outfit than we do, you know, our, for our mental health care. Yeah. Um, and I think that we need to try and remember that if it takes a while, it's okay mm-hmm. because we're in search of the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a quick fix. No. And you have to sort of think of it as an investment in your future self. Mm-hmm. So I think there, you know, there, it's hard. There, therapy and therapists are tricky because there's 
it's hard to know right away, mm-hmm. you know, are you the right person for me? But I think there are some basic things that people can know um, right off the bat. Like if you go into therapy and, and your the therapist doesn't say a word and you're the one left to speak, that can be great for you. But I think it's very hard for people with anxiety yeah. to be in that dynamic. Yes, I I agree. I think a directive therapist is much better than a passive sort of psychodynamic, see what bubbles up kind of therapist is probably not best. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's certain things to, you know, to know beforehand, but also, you know, I think people with anxiety are very in touch with what's happening inside their bodies. And if, um, they are in, a they go to meet a therapist and something is tight in their body or tugging or pulling or hot or pulsing, then that's telling you something Mm. and you have to figure out what it's telling you. And, you know, it's like a step-by-step process where you have to talk to the person, then check in with yourself, talk to a person, Mm -hmm. then check in with yourself. Yeah. Um, but I also think that getting recommendations is a great idea Yeah. and it can be hard and, you know, overwhelming and scary to ask someone. But if someone has a good therapist that you know of, you can ask your friend, ask that therapist for recommendations. Absolutely. Um, and medication is, medication's a bit like that. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, some things will work and some things won't work. And if something doesn't work, it doesn't mean that nothing will. It just means that your chemistry and this medicine aren't right. compatible and they're not going to date. Right. You know, and right. you're trying to find your compatible medication. Yep. Sometimes you have to take a cocktail. Sometimes you have to figure out the dosage. It's a pain. But it is. once you get there, mm-hmm. and you will get there then it's, it's totally worth it. Yeah. But yeah. It's... And I think your point is really good that we, you know, we, we will spend time searching and researching. I mean, you know, I probably spent 40 hours Googling, you know, my mini, like the model of minivan I got, like what was exactly. the best and reading reviews. And, yep. um, it, it, it does take a lot to find the right therapist and it does take a lot to find the right medication and you probably won't get it right the first time. Right. Yeah. And I think the difference is that, um, a passive, more passive activity, like searching for the right car, you can just sit there and read and read and read. And it's, you know, it's, it's sort of fulfilling in a weird way, Mm -hmm. but finding a therapist and finding medication is more active and it's also putting yourself first and that's hard. And it's fraught. It's, it's emotional. It's yes. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Are you a fan of any specific type of therapy? Like, did you do CBT? Um, I didn't, I, you know, I funny, I keep asking my therapist, I'm like, I think I want to do CBT. I think I should do CBT. And she says repeatedly, it doesn't work on you. Interesting. Like, how do you you know? She's like, because I have tried. (laughs) I was like, you have? She's like, oh, yes. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if that's necessarily true, but but I have heard and read that CBT is phenomenal for people with anxiety. And I say 
definitely, you know, I would, I would just start there. If I didn't have a therapist, that's where I would start. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I would agree with that, that I think if people are starting out, um, it, it provides a framework. It, you know, it kind of lets you know what a therapist is going to do. Right. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, even though your therapist hasn't done CBT, like a lot of what you described in terms of the way that you check your thoughts mm-hmm. is very CBT, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. I do think that I, you know, I've read so much about anxiety and I think that I have internalized and incorporated some mm-hmm. of the methods. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it might be that I'm able to respond to CBT just reading about it, but oh, when it's, absolutely. you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. But I mean, and I would even say to listeners, you know, if, if you're struggling to find a therapist, a good book on CBT can be super helpful. Oh my God. Books are unbelievable. Yeah. I, and they are also the, the thing, you know, people disparage self-help books but that is so naive I agree. and it's just so naive and so painful. And it's a terrible thing to be spreading that self-help is, you know, for uh, people who are, I don't even know what the um, stigma is, but mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's really a shame because, you know, self-help books have really gotten me through and really helped me and also have been there consistently when I am freaking out, I can calm myself down by opening one oh, and reading sure. something, you know. And so, you know, there's one particular book that I, I absolutely love and, and I tell everyone to get it. It's called The Worry Cure. Do you I know love it? that one. Yeah. It's great. So good. Yeah. So good. Um, I think reading is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And you can also read about the different methods of therapy. You Mm -hmm. could also, if you've had a lot of trauma, you could try EMDR. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that long-term talk therapy in... um, in congruence with medication is a, mm-hmm. it's really a, a powerful tool. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think that, yeah, there's nothing quite like that, that, that combo. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> really good. Yeah. Has gotten me through many. <laughs> me many too. Years. It's yeah, yeah. It's just a matter. It's funny because it's, it's just a matter of like, when, when do you stop? I know. That, right. You know, that's know. the thing that I am now sort of thinking about you know, my therapist, I've been with her for a long time. And, and every time I see her, she goes, you know, we've been together a very long time. And she always <laughs> says that to me. And I'm like, what are you trying to say? You trying to, is it time? But I don't, I don't think it's time. I don't think I'm ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. I well, think- and I'll kind of do the thing where I don't go and then I'll come in for like a six month checkup. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I tried that. I, I did the, all right, let's, it's like a weaning off. Yeah. Like let's wean off and we'll do once a month. And, yeah. and I did do that, but I, I got, it turned out I got really depressed and I think I need that. I think I need, um, I need someone to check in with in that way. I need mm-hmm. a stable, um, like parental figure in that way. I yeah. need someone giving me parental advice and guidance because mm-hmm. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. My parents don't do that. Yeah. And they never have. Yeah. So, Mine did not either. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So if you have to outsource, you outsource. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm paying her to be like a type of mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really funny. Yeah. But I mean, that is therapy for a lot of people. It's, it's sort of that, you yeah, know, yeah. reparenting, correcting parental trauma kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, any last words for our listeners on, you know, managing anxiety or supporting people who have it? Um, I guess, let's see, I guess I just want people to feel, um, less afraid to be open and to share their, their struggles with other people, because I think that they'll see that they'll learn by sharing that they are not alone. Absolutely. And that people around them are just as afraid to share their worries and their concerns as they are. Absolutely. Yeah. So so talk about it. And I, I really, I sincerely hope our listeners will read your book. Um, it's, it's an incredible empathy builder. Um, if you do not have anxiety disorder and it's incredibly relatable if you do, um, and it is available everywhere books are sold. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. This was delightful. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to shepherd audio for our intro music. Take care.